This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, we are watching the, the home run derby two nights ago and then the home run derby in the all-star game last night. We have some breaking NBA news. We'll dive into a scoop session today at noon. And uh, our guy Nick Peters will chide Judd with his left-handed golf swing and preview the <laughs> he Open. He might help me out. He Who actually knows? He's offered he for us to me. come play around at his course at uh, Boulder Point. If I get clubs, I might take him up on that. Do, do I get to play or just sit around? You know what? I, you uh, know, we're going to tell you that you're, that you're going to be able to play, but when we get there, all bets are off. Yeah, we've got room until we don't have room, which could be at any point. That sounds good. Thanks, yeah. guys. So uh, just be ready. You're, you're like the guy who shows up to the airport and you're on standby for golf all the time. That's Dave. Ding, ding. Machado to his left gets the out one down. Baez flips it into right. Mookie Betts has out number two. And he shoots one into center here. Back on the track and into the glove of Mike Trout. That was, uh, I was going to say, a clean inning. He did walk a batter, but when you're facing those types of hitters... Bravo, Jose Barrios. Not yeah, that there was any question, but he definitely looked like he belonged as an all-star last night. Would you agree? I do. I do. Did, did a nice job. And uh, and I think if you pitched last night and, and you didn't give up a home run, it was a successful night. Mm-hmm. So if you were a pitcher and you took the mound and you, you retired uh, three guys and also didn't give up a home run, you had a very good night. So, yes, bravo, Jose Barrios, despite the fact that Rosario probably should have been the Twins All-Star. Barrios did a very nice job. Um, he he does feel like he's a different personality than Johan Santana, but he does feel like that type of number one stopper-type pitcher, and he's coming into his own in that regard. And before the season, uh, he told a couple different reporters in spring training, and I feel like there was he might have said different goals to each reporter. So help refresh me on this, but he set goals before the season. I know one of them was 200 innings, and he's he's got 127 and a third right now, and he's going to start at least 12 or 13 more times. So barring an injury or just a terrible second half, he's going to he's going to check the barring innings. Barring Tommy box. John, he'll be fine. Right. Well, <laughs> knock on wood. Yes. Yes. A lot Would that of shock you if in oh, August? If he unfortunately, gr- his elbow? unfortunately in 2018, absolutely not. Uh, he wanted to be an All Star. That was one of his goals. He made that. So yep. check that box. And then uh, he told Rep Bollinger he wanted to win more games than last year, but I thought he told Derek Wetmore he wanted to win 20 games. He did. 20 games, yeah, right? Yeah, he told Derek 20 games. That's going to be tough because the Twins are mostly terrible. And he so doesn't control that. He's 9-7, and seven, even though he has a 3-6-8 ERA and has a bunch of strikeouts. So he's probably not going to get to 20 wins, but... That doesn't make him any less of a pitcher. No, that's fine. Yeah, wins are are not something that that he can control. So no, he's been he's been fine, and as long as the arm stays healthy and the sh- the uh, shoulder does as well, I think we're absolutely fine with yeah. Jose Barrios. Uh, there's no so, complaints. So many things to talk about off the All Star game last night. 
I kind of want to start with Josh Hader's tweets from 2011 and 12. This dovetails into a very interesting conversation <laughs> that starts with him and ends with the commissioner. So, yeah, let's do it. All right. So, so Josh Hader, the lights out. I guess you'd call him kind of a swingman middle reliever for the Brewers because he's not a closer. He's not a starter. But he's, he's a this, fireman, right? He's a hybrid, yeah, firefighter that comes in between the fourth and the, and the eighth or ninth innings. And he's got a just a ridiculous strikeout rate. And I don't know if anyone outside of Milwaukee really knew much about him other than he's got long hair and he strikes everybody out. I'd say that's very fair. He's from yes. kind of a small town in Maryland. That's what people knew. And he, he throws super hard. Yes. So sometime in the last few days, somebody went and found all of his tweets from 2011, 2012. This is before he was drafted. This is, this is Josh Hader in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't even read some of these on the radio, but no, you uh, can't. But it's it's uh, it, it, all of this went viral last night. It's him tweeting stuff, racist things. Um, if you have no butt or blank, you're undateable. Like just like vulgar stuff. Yeah, racist, anti-gay. It, it was it ra- it ran a gamut that was uh, very disturbing. Yes, and so I guess my question is: in 2018. And, and these major league teams and professional teams, they have full PR staffs, usually three to four full-time people on a PR staff. you got interns all over the place. How is it not just standard protocol to erase every social media post ever that somebody may have posted when they were in high school, college? Just hit the reset button when someone's drafted. Here's the incredible thing. It's crazy to me. So this kid was a 19th round pick of the Orioles in 2012. He was then dealt to the Astros in July of 2013, and two years after that, at the 2015 trade deadline, he was dealt to the Brewers. In other words, in other words, you had either this kid, his family, or three professional organizations had a chance to vet his entire Twitter account and say, we got to expunge all of this stuff. It's amazing. So you had three big league teams. Oh, and try to make him like a better person too, I guess. Well, but at, at first but step, the, just get rid of the Twitter But just the cup. starting point, just the, and this is not just him. This is a bunch of guys. The starting point should be, okay, we drafted you. We are now going to go through everything we possibly can about you. Your, your social media accounts, your Twitter account, is the easiest thing, and it takes some time, I get that, but it's the easiest thing, right, to go through thoroughly and say, all right, let's talk about this, and let's get rid of this as well. God. I mean, I don't get it. Elon Musk retweeted some of these. Is it really Elon Musk? It's, I'm looking at a screenshot, and it says, like, who re, who's retweeting Josh Hader's tweets. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elon Musk retweeted at least three of them, unless it's some unless somebody else know. has a burner account or something. I don't know. If you got this is where I, I don't I don't like to go all in on because this happens all the time where somebody will find tweets from somebody or whatever. And I think back, I I feel so lucky that this was never an option as an idiot junior high kid or high school kid that social media wasn't even an option. Not that I would have been out there rifling off like racist tweets or anything, <laughs> See, but that's the thing. I'm just saying. I try to think back to. How many opportunities there would have been in high school or college, even after a party or something, when you just would have popped out oh, your you phone as an idiot? Stupid. Yeah, yeah, me and too. So to even for for these kids in junior high and Instagram, Snapchat, um, Twitter, to even have the option is pretty dangerous. Yes, and and well, we had a couple guys on uh, who told us was it Steve? Payne? It might have been Steve Payne on Monday at the at the golf uh, event. He's like, I'm so glad that there was no social media when we played for the North Stars when we were young idiots in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, because God knows what would have been written and said about us if that stuff went public. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So he said, so um, among his, his 
post-game quotes. And I guess I guess the PR people at the All-Star game approached Hader and said to him, you don't have to talk today if you don't want to. But he said, I'll talk. But among his quotes, and some of his quotes are okay and some are iffy. He said, obviously, when you're a kid, you just tweet what's on your mind. And you know, that's what's on. Okay. One of his so, tweets was white power LOL yeah, on so February here, 17, so 2012. So here's my... I hate gay people. Yeah, so here's my K-K-K. question. KKK. Yeah, so, okay, when I when I was his... When I was a 17-year-old kid, if I had had access to Twitter, I would have done some really dumb things. I don't think these things were ever on my mind, though. So this is where I struggle with this, because on the one hand, I get the, the defaulting to I was young and dumb. But then when you read the tweets that you just read, uh, that's not just young and dumb. That that perhaps is what you believe in. And if you do, it's incredibly disturbing. And if that's what, what's on your mind at 17, I'm not so sure by the age of 24, that's just expunged, right? Probably not. What's the what, If you guys had access to social media, to Twitter, when you were 15 to 20 years old, how, how bad would it have been? Like, what's the worst thing that would have happened to you guys? I'm guessing what's Dave the worst thing that you would bad. have tweeted? I don't Dave. think it would have been bad, as in racist, sexist, whatever you want to say, ist. But it would have been really stupid. Yeah, it would have been stuff I'd look back on and say, "Really, I was into that," or "I was talking about that." You know, right. just things that have been made fun of, juvenile. But I don't think at least I'd like I think, to think, I think nothing Judd would have just been like running play by play of every no. North Stars game. No, it would have been that too. But here's here's my problem: selfies and like jerseys and stuff. Here's my problem. Don't forget, I uh, I started doing vibe a little bit when I was 16. Drunk teenage Judd tweeting would not have been good. Oh, you started getting into it when you were 16. Yeah, I, I had my first drink at 16. Now I didn't drink wow. all the time, but my point is. If you go to a party and you drink in years 17 or 18, which I definitely did, <laughs> that's where it would have been bad. What was imbibing Judd like at the time? Happy? Were you no, angry? Did you lip off? I would lip off and get mad. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. It was really dumb. So I'm afraid, I, I think sober Judd as a teenager feels right. It would have been like, hey, the North Stars, this is great, and things like that, and sports stuff. Yeah, but if when you start to mix in alcohol, that's where it can go sideways. Ding, ding. Mills, not that time. Leonard on the follow. Kawhi Leonard throws it down, and it's a 22-point game. Now you have an individual that doesn't even know if he wants to be there and has said that he only wants to play in L.A., and he's willing to leave a team that he won a championship for and went, and went to the finals multiple times and won Defensive Player of the Year. All of these things, the team that drafted him, all of these things, he's saying, I don't want to be here anymore. What was that little dance jig that the you The music behind that, that uh, thing when, when the guy's oh. talking. Now it's you have like, an individual listen. that doesn't even know if he wants to be there and has said that he only wants to play in L.A., and he's willing to leave a team that he won a championship for. I love, like, the generic music under the, the I'll takes. Take that was N- Richard Jefferson, by the way. I'll take NBA conferences that, that are screwed for a, a hundred uh, because uh, <laughs> that that is going to be the Eastern Conference very shortly. Kawhi is on the record now. Uh, well, I don't know if he's on the record, but Chris B. Haynes, who's super plugged in as an NBA insider, just tweeted a few hours ago, Kawhi has no desire to play in Toronto. <laughs> Which Michael- It wasn't even sourced. It was just Kawhi has no desire to play in Toronto. So my question is, is is he going to suck it up and go play the year there? Or is he actually going to make it as miserable for them as he did the Spurs and try and not play for the uh, Raptors? Well, I think the I think the poker game being played here, I think all the cards are face up at this point where Kawhi and his uncle and his representatives went to the Spurs and said... He, he ain't going to play. He doesn't want to play for you. He's certainly not going to re-sign with you, so do with that what you will. This this will be his last year in San Antonio if you go into the year, and 
We saw what happened last year. He, uh, he only played nine games. So just so you guys know, he doesn't want to play here anymore. And you right. can figure it out. He'd like to be traded to the Lakers. <laughs> He likes he likes the Lakers. Wants to play for the Lakers as soon as possible. And so that was that was his bet on the. Uh, if we're talking poker here, he puts out the bet, and Greg Popovich says, "Okay, I see you there. That's great. Um, we're not going to trade you to the Lakers because we don't want to make the Lakers stronger. We're trying to beat the Lakers. Nor are we going to trade you to the Western Conference. So we'll trade. You can either play here, or we'll trade you to the Eastern Conference and Canada and Canada. <laughs> right, which they did. You're no longer in the country, Kawhi. And, and now I don't know what." What play Kawhi Leonard has because uh, the Spurs have every right to trade him wherever they want to. Yep. Uh, Toronto has said, okay, well, I guess, you know, whatever, it's worth the risk. We'll trade three years of DeMar DeRozan. Uh, but now, as it stands, Kawhi is basically just throwing a tantrum saying, I don't want to play for Toronto. So now, so. Do, do NBA rules, because I, I recall that when the Wolves uh, signed Teague last year, that there was immediate talk of would, would they trade him at some point? And the rule was, I believe, that you couldn't trade him until like January 24th. There, there was a there was a period well, a of time, right? Exactly. So, do NBA rules apply for trades as well? I don't think so. Can Kawhi be flipped? No, I mean, here? I'm pretty sure you can just. I'm pretty sure tomorrow they could trade. Okay, that's, yeah, I was curious they, about they, that. But the, but my my guess is Toronto's looking at the East, saying, "All right, well, Kyle Lowry is 31, so this this window with our best player is is not getting any wider." Right. Uh, LeBron is out of the East, and that was really the only kryptonite that Toronto kept running into. So they might figure. Let's take a run at it with Kawhi and Kyle Lowry. If we can get to the finals, awesome. If not, well, then we're out from underneath these big contracts and we can maybe hit the reset button. Um, the thing that I we keep hearing, Kawhi Leonard is an idiot because if he were to re-sign with San Antonio, or I think if he were to re-sign with Toronto, he could make like $70 million more, but he wants to go to the Lakers or somewhere else, wants to go west. And he's an idiot for turning down an extra $70 million. And we hear this with like Jimmy Butler. Well, Jimmy Butler, you know, would be an idiot if this. Kawhi has banked fifty million dollars in his basketball life so far. He's still young. He's like twenty six years old. Yep. He's probably going to make another one hundred fifty to two hundred million dollars playing basketball. Yep. Barring some catastrophic injury, which the the, the the quad thing was not catastrophic. It was more nagging, and he just didn't. It was convenient, feel like playing, right? For a reason right. not to play. Yes. So like if this is where I think if if you're looking at someone who's already made fifty million dollars. And they're going to make another one hundred fifty or two hundred million dollars, and they just want to live somewhere specifically, or they don't want to play somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's worth a trick. It's all monopoly money at some point. Well, and so, but but he can he can play a year in Toronto, correct? Go sign with Le- LeBron, yes. play w- with LeBron. He can sign a short term contract there, and then turn around and sign a, a long term contract for the max available for a player on your roster. He can sign a four year contract with the Lakers. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying can he can he play a year in Toronto, go to the Lakers, sign a short-term deal there. Let's say he signs yeah. a one or two-year deal, a one-year deal. And then sign he like gets a, yeah. paid a lot less for that one year and then turns around the next year and re-signs the five-year deal that you can get for for re-signing with the team that you're well, playing for he, already. But he could well the, the the length of contract, yes. He wouldn't get paid a lot less. Like he could, he could get paid thirty million dollars on a one-year deal if he signed with the Lakers in the offseason. So, yes, I think it's a savvy move by the Lakers too because they looked over across to the to the Spurs and said, "All right, you're asking for at least Brandon Ingram and maybe Kyle Kuzma, maybe like Lonzo Ball, first-round picks." Actually, we're not going to give you any of those things. We're just going to wait a year. And we'll get your guy. Keep the young, awesome players and also have the cap space to get Kawhi Leonard. And so what you're telling me is starting with the 2019 and 20 season, the Western Conference is now going to probably have DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi in it. 
Probably, well, the East yeah, is, probably right. Yeah, yeah, and the East mm-hmm. is going to have what the East has, which is the it's, Celtics are a nice team. It's not as bad. It is, yeah. It's, I mean, in terms of like viable teams, it's bad. <laughs> I, I actually, we can do this later in the show. I went and looked at the thirty-ish best players in the NBA, and I thought it was going to be even worse. I thought it was going to be like twenty-seven in the West and three in the East. It's got to be fairly lopsided. It's lopsided. It's not. It's probably overstated a little bit. If you just took the top ten to fifteen players. It's almost all Western. <laughs> of course it is. And it's going to get worse. Depending on what you think about Greek Freak, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Kyle, uh, Kyrie Irving. But I, want, I told you, lopsided. I want the Wolves in the East. I want to be in a division with the Bulls and the Bucks. Rivals. Natural rivals. That's what I want. Uh, Glenn Taylor did say on the Scoop podcast on Friday that he had, I, mean, I don't know if he's gone on the record with this before, that he did file for a few years ago or some. I don't know, it might have been 10 years ago. That he filed for moving to the Eastern Conference at one point, like this was a thing that happened. It might have that might have been in the in the KG era, actually. Well, let's file. But then it he again, actually Glenn. like made a made a motion to move to the Eastern Conference. It didn't work out. Uh, Doogie's going to join us. Speaking of Doogie, at noon for a scoop session. Dan Hayes on Twins in the eleven o'clock. Um, Rob Manfred had some really interesting things to say yesterday. Some pretty pointed comments, actually, about some different stars in baseball. So we'll play some of that. Uh, and also, Brandon Cooks just became the third highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Take notes, Vikings. Take notes, Stefan Diggs. We'll talk about that later this hour, too. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. I swear it will be done. I swear it will be done. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right. Here's my. We're both doing a little math here, which is which is bad. We probably shouldn't be allowed to do math. Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely shouldn't. After I just went through this exercise and realized how badly I almost screwed it up. Okay, so hold on. So let me give you this first. So right. Demar, Demar Derozan traded to the Spurs. That's being finalized. Yes. So a, a really good player from East to West. Uh, Kawhi goes to the East, but is almost certainly coming back to the Western Conference next summer because he wants to play for the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. I just did a rough estimate here of the 30-ish best players in the NBA. How bad is it? How many of them are in the Western Conference? I'm going to fly through this. And you actually have a potential solution for the Wolves to get out of this. I thought I did. But it might not be. Okay, Go ahead. So LeBron James, and this is for next summer, when we project Kawhi Leonard to be back in the Western Conference with the Lakers. All right. So LeBron James, West. James Harden, West. Anthony Davis, West. Kawhi, we think, is headed West next summer. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, West, Damian Lillard, West, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Chris Paul, West, West, West. How's this not as bad as you thought it was? Well, hold on. Are you gonna, hold on. Greek, are you gonna get to East? <laughs> Greek Freak, East, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, East. I think those are top 30 players. I think Ben Simmons might be a top 20 player. Embiid probably, too, if he's healthy. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Towns, West. Although Jimmy Butler could move east, but as of right now, he's west. Uh, Rudy Gobert, west. And then you get Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward coming back from injury. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Eastern Conference. DeMar DeRozan, Spurs, Western Conference. I think Victor Oladipo is a top 30 player right now. And Kristaps Porzingis, those are both Eastern Conference guys. Clint Capella has emerged, and in part because of the system. But I think he's one of the top 30 players in the NBA now. West. Yep. Uh, Jokic, West. I think LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMarcus Cousins coming off the injury, but they're both Western Conference. 
And then this is the bottom of the top 30 list is debatable here. I actually threw two Eastern Conference big men in Al Horford and Andre Drummond on the list. They're both Eastern Conference big men. And then uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is emerging as a top 30 player. He's West. So if now people might split hairs with the bottom of that list and say, well, Aldridge isn't the top 30 player, but let's just go with this list. Yeah, our cousins. Yep. It's 20 West and 10 East, which is pretty bad, but it's not as bad as but, I maybe thought off the top of my head. But you didn't get to an Eastern player until what number? This wasn't a concrete ranking because I would put I would put Kyrie Irving a little higher. I just started spewing players. Yeah, I'd put Greek Freak above like Paul George. Okay, what's Simmons. the high? What what's the highest that you could possibly get an Eastern Conference player on that list? If, if you were if to go we back Kawhi, and do it, if we have Kawhi in the West, yes. Oh my God! All right, LeBron, James Harden, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Durant, Curry. I think Lillard's a top ten player. Russell Westbrook's a top ten player. Maybe ninth. Okay. Depending on what you think about Greek that's Freak. About, yeah, I think that's very fair to the Maybe state nice. of the Eastern and the Western conferences right now. Yeah, Ben Simmons, if he could shoot, would be for sure flirting with the top 5'10". Uh, so, like, Glenn Taylor saw this problem in the late 90s, early 2000s, too, right? When it was Lakers and Sacramento and San Antonio, and you had the yeah. those Rockets teams in the mid to late 90s. Right. And the East had, like, Allen Iverson and Vin Baker and, he and maybe Ray Allen, right? He also saw the the problem that if if you were the Wolves, who did you really hate for rivalries? Yeah, like if you played the Bucks yeah. more often, you might not like the Bucks. If you played the Bulls, you might not like the Bulls. Actually, the Bulls could have been a fun like, in the West Conference. It's hard to hate. It's like San Antonio beat you again. Okay, yeah, and they're sort of a nondescript team, but they're really, really good. Yeah. In fairness, I think. Yeah, you have to be good for a long time in order to build those rivalries. But when the Wolves got good, like like when the Wolves got good for that extended period where they at least made the playoffs, who did you truly dislike? Yeah, Houston. I, I would still. I I get your point, and I I agree with the like the general premise that the the regional rivalries probably matter a little bit more, maybe less now than even twenty years ago. But you also have to be making deep playoff runs. You know, Lakers and San Antonio, that's because they were throwing haymakers at sure. each other in the Western Conference Finals. Sacramento and, and the Lakers were meeting in the playoffs every year. So anyways, we were sitting here during the break. and Yeah, I got it. It's okay, go good. ahead. So I, I hypothesized that if, if this league were to go from 32, 32 teams at some point soon here, and I think it very easily could, and if basketball, in this case, followed what hockey has done and made the next two expansion teams to get to a 32, Vegas and Seattle. is that That's being talked about, too. I mean, Seattle's been and talked Seattle's about going, And Seattle just re- redid their arena, and they're going to get a hockey team within the next two or three years, I believe. Mm-hmm. And v- Vegas, I'm banking on the fact that you could easily put a basketball team in the building that the hockey team plays in. So if you were to go to 32 teams, I was... Wondering if you did the math on that, which took me some time. <laughs> I, I had to help Joe with the math. If you could get the Wolves into the Eastern Conference. Can we quiz Dave on this math? Dave and Max? Sure we can. Okay. Okay, so if you were, so you're expanding from 30 to 32 teams. Can I use a pen and paper? Do I have to do this in my head? Pen and paper's fine. Pen and paper. We All use right, pen go and ahead. paper. All yeah. right, good. 30 go to 32. Got it. Actually, let's, let's, uh, let's make this official here, okay? And, and Max, you're in college right now, so you should be able to. All right. It hasn't helped before, Phil. (laughs) So you're expanding from 30 to 32 teams. Got it. And as Judd said, Seattle, and did you say Vegas? I said yes. So Seattle and Vegas, and those would have to be Western Conference teams. You'd think so. Right? And the idea here would be, well, then, how do you get the Eastern Conference to be even? The Timberwolves should raise their hand and be like, well, well, hey, you want to put Seattle and Vegas in the West? We'll volunteer. 
How many teams would have to go from the West to the East to balance out the conferences? Hmm. Sounds like one to me. There it is. Yeah, I was thinking two. (laughs) Initially, I was thinking two. Yeah. Oh, that's an easy mistake to make. And then I said, and then I said, wouldn't the Wolves be, if it's just going to be one, wouldn't the Wolves be the most logical team to move? No. But as Phil pointed out, the Pelicans are in the Eastern time zone, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So New Orleans would get kicked East. And then if you're the Wolves, you're just stuck in a 16 team Western Conference. That's yeah. That's even more difficult now. Radical realignment. That's what we need here. We need radical realignment, oh, like man. the National Hockey League did of sorts, where you change all the divisions and you just you get them all. In yeah. The- you know, you'd like to think ordinarily if you're looking at this from a Wolves perspective too. Man, the the San Antonio Spurs are about to trade one of the five best players in the NBA. So, whew, okay, that's one less team for the Wolves to worry about. Oh, but that team won 47 games without him. And yeah. they added maybe a fringe top twenty player in his place. In yeah, DeMar they're not. They're, they'll be just fine. Yeah. No, this is not good. This is not. Yeah. Good. The other thing too here, Demar Derozan is he's posting on his Instagram account and he's he's telling reporters that he feels lied to. That apparently during summer league when he was out there watching summer league, Toronto executives told him you're not going anywhere. We're not going to trade you. And now a Calm week down. and a half later, they they swing a deal for Kawhi Leonard, to which I would say. It's okay to feel a little bit chapped. Like, I'm not going to tell someone how to feel in that way, but yeah, it's the NBA, it's business. And, dude, in the last two games of the playoffs, the two most important games, not maybe not of your career, but for sure of, of last season, you went 8 for 23 from the field and got smoked by 35 points in game four, and you were on the bench for part of the second half. Like, you're, I not, am, you're somewhat expendable. I in, am continually amazed, though. Um, but by professional athletes that expect expect the team is actually going to stick with them. I've been loyal, so they should be. Doesn't anybody get by now? It doesn't work that way. And they paid you twenty seven. And Demar Derozan also is going to be just fine because one, he's going from Toronto, which is a nice uh, franchise, but certainly one that hasn't had a ton of success, to the San Antonio Spurs. And last time I checked, I believe uh, the state of Texas has no state income tax. Maybe he's looking at the playoff bracket thinking, oh, I have to go against LeBron James in the first round again, or the second round again, because he's going to get to keep all his money, basically. That's true. But how does that work? If you sign the contract... No, it transfers. It does? Okay. Oh, yeah. But doesn't he have to establish... He has to establish residency for (laughs) six months. You think he won't be doing that quickly? So it's possible the first year he's going to get taxed, but then the next year... Well, he'll be just fine. Yeah. But, you know, from a career perspective, yes, I'd rather play for San Antonio, but... It's possible that San Antonio gets a seven seed, the Lakers get a two seed, and now he has to play LeBron James again and get kryptonite. You still got pop, though. You you got a chance. I just think I I find it funny that that there's still players though who say I can't believe the team did me wrong. Yeah, it's of course they did. It, yes, you think they care about you? I know. Like get get over it. It's and it ain't like they shipped you off to. I mean, they could have they they could have traded you to like. The Nets or something. Sure. They, they sent you to San Antonio. They sent you to one of the great franchises of all time. Um, let's let's talk some Vikings here when we come back. Brandon Cooks may have just uh, given Stefan Diggs' agent something to study here over the next few months. Let's talk about that. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. I'm Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Four hours of trauma. <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Okay, breaking news. Breaking news. Thank New- you, Kent y- Youngblood, for your update on this. New Orleans. Yes. Even though it's a stone's throw from Florida, is central time zone. It is central time zone. That's all we need. 
uh, as as a couple Twitter followers are pointing out to Memphis could be considered. We're trying to get the Wolves to the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Memphis is still Central Time Zone too. It yep. is, but Memphis and New Orleans. So Memphis and New Orleans are pretty much on the same vertical line as yeah, you go up and down. They're boom right there. And, but and they're both further east than Minneapolis. So I, I, if you're just going geographically and you're looking to pick the most Eastern Western Conference teams. The Wolves would be third, I believe, right? Because Mem- Memphis and New Orleans are yep. both a little bit further east. And the Southwest Division in the Western Conference is the Rockets, Pelicans, Spurs, Mavs, and Grizzlies. That's oh, just a, it's a perfect. And I division. think you don't that is bring a that perfect division, division oh, and perfect. those teams don't like each other. No, it's a lot yeah. of bad blood. So oh, leave so that one blood. alone, as opposed to the Wolves. Who are in the uh, Northwest Division? Yeah, there's not even I mean, with Portland, OKC, exactly. Utah, and Ricky and Denver. It's you yeah. can't hate those teams. And think about all the travel <laughs> ramifications, all the altitude. I mean, the Timberwolves the are like they're starting three games below the, the altitude. three games below <laughs> the rest Denver, of the league. They're tuckered. You tip that ball off, the Wolves are dead. <laughs> I like that we call OKC Northwest. I'm not seeing it. I'm not, not seeing it. Look a little closer. Oh, but can you imagine the Wolves in a central division that includes, in the Eastern Conference, that includes the hated Cavaliers, yes. the Pacers, who I've never liked, mm-hmm. the Bucks, who I absolutely despise, the bad boy Pistons, and the Bulls. You know, Oklahoma City isn't even Northwest Oklahoma. No, it is not. <laughs> Think about the Cavs in the division. That's two more good games a year from Wiggy. It is. All of a sudden, yeah. oh. Phil, you're going to be on the bandwagon. Motivation game. That's right. That's true. That's true. Uh, how about this? Actually, Matt tweets into the show. Maybe this is what's happening. This could This could be. This is a strong possibility. He says, obviously, the Raptors are acquiring Kawhi Leonard so they can flip him to the Wolves for Andrew Wiggins. Oh, the, Spurs did, the Spurs wouldn't do it straight up, but maybe the Raptors would. How quickly do you think Kawhi would say, I don't want to play there either? <laughs> nah, Minnesota, I'm good here. That's fine. Just keeps working his way yep. to the Western Conference. All right. For New England. Take the running play. They handle the rush. Brady zings it. Over the middle. Caught by Brandon Cooks. Goodbye. Touchdown, Patriots. 42 yards on the catch and run. All right. Is it safe to say now that Brandon Cooks, who's with the Rams, the Patriots trading with the Rams, uh, now that he has just secured a five-year, $81 million contract, long-term deal with the Rams, and he's the third highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL, is it safe to say we know what Stefan Diggs and his agent are going to want here, whether it's before training camp or going into next year? I mean, this is yeah, this is exactly what Stefan Diggs is going to push for. And right? the, the key thing is here, uh, Cooks, in this five-year, $81 million extension that he signed with the Rams, gets uh, $50.5 million in total guarantees. Yeah. Uh, here's my thought, though. I think that the the hopeful Viking fan thinks, well, the, the market's set now, so it's simple. They're going to go to Diggs with, with a fair offer and sign him, which I think they'll try and do. But the Vikings are very smart here, too. So they're not going to break the bank. They're going to go to Diggs' camp with something that's fair. If you're Diggs, if you're Diggs and they come to you with a fair but not fantastic off-the-charts offer, do you sign it or do you bank on yourself and say, all right, worst case, I get hurt. But if I don't get hurt and I put together and I play all 16 games, I think he played in 14 last year. So I play in all 16 games and I don't get hurt. And I play as well as I possibly can with a really good quarterback, potentially. I can come out on the other side, and next March, I, I can set a new free agent 
market for my position, which is going to take the contracts that we've seen, which have been very big uh, since March in this league for receivers. I can take that and go up to the next. Well, if a but if a significant portion of your thinking and logic is based on this fragment that you just said, which is if I stay healthy. Yep. That's that's too big of a fragment to to float another twelve months. I mean, if the Vikings come and offer something, let's say let's say it's something slightly less than five years eighty. Let's say it's borderline top five wide receiver money, but you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get top three money because Brandon Cooks. Even though I actually think Stefan Diggs, if I had to choose Stefan Diggs or Brandon Cooks, I would choose Stefan Diggs. And and I know that Brandon Cooks has been in the league another year. Brandon Cooks has played all sixteen games in all four years he's played. Uh, he's put up better numbers. If you just look at yardage, he's a thousand yard guy in all four years. He's also had Tom Brady and Drew Brees for all four of those seasons. And Stefan Diggs has had young Teddy Bridgewater over here. Uh, he's had pop up Case Keenum over there, a little bit of Sam Bradford. He's, he's never had the Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks throwing to him that, that Brandon Cooks does. But so I think if you're Diggs and you're in this negotiation, and they said, well, Brandon Cooks, look at the numbers and the productivity, I think you would say, well, I mean, give me Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Um, but again, if someone's going to offer me borderline top five at my position money, and my only other thought is, well, I could get a little bit more if I stay healthy, I'm not going to gamble on the if I stay healthy that's part. The key thing. I'm signing the contract. That's, that's the key thing. And the Vikings, I think the Vikings, if there's a question, should they play poker at this level, and and should they offer this much guaranteed money to a wide receiver, I think the answer is yes, because they, all due respect to Kirk Cousins, he's a good quarterback. They don't have a good enough quarterback or offensive line to start dishing off some of their top skill position players. If you start to get rid of Stefan Diggs and then Adam Thielen comes knocking and now oh, we're going to penny pinch, well, you better have a damn good quarterback and a damn good offensive line to skimp at those positions. And I'm, and I don't think, I don't think they're good enough for those yeah. positions. I think they're going to go to Diggs in in late July or at some point in training camp. I, I think they're going to, if they haven't approached him already, with a really substantial offer. I'm curious if he takes it, but my guess is this. If I had to pick, I think they're going to go to Diggs with with a contract and say it's it's five years and it's a very good contract, and I think they're going to let Barr float. So my guess, and if Diggs turns them down, now is there a chance that they that they regroup and come back and go to bar? Absolutely. But in talking about those two players, I think that they're going to be more aggressive. I think the first mm-hmm. guy that's going to get the bite at the contract apple is Diggs, not Barr. Is there ever a scenario where I'm just going to make some numbers up here? Okay, so so Brandon Cooks five years, eighty one million dollars. But you think if you wait a year, you could get five years. 95 or 100 million dollars right. from some other team. Get a new market But set. it's the NFL and you play a position where 11 defenders are darting at your hips and your back and your knees and there's concussion things that could happen and injuries happen all the time, right? I mean, would anyone in this room try to wait it out? Like would anyone in this room if offered 5 years 81 million and you're a wide receiver at the age of 24? Or man, I could bet on myself and maybe I could get at 20 his age, or 20 million. I might. You would wait it out. I might. I think that's It insane. might be incredibly dumb, but I might. Unless I got really good advice, incre- I might do it. If it's incredibly dumb, why would you do it? Because I'm a kid. Because I'm young, and <laughs> I don't see myself being hurt, and I see the, these contracts. And it to me, this all, all depends, and Diggs is a very smart guy, but to me, this all depends on the advice that he's going to get, which is I either sign a contract now and take it because it's a good deal, or, hey, Stefan, if we wait this out and, and you have a big year, it's going to set a new market. 
And so I am curious what the advice Why does that he gets even matter? Is. Like, I don't care about the new market. Someone's going to offer me $80 million, and the downside is I blow like my that. ACL. and I Players don't... think like that. What I'm not you saying you're wrong. Well, I, I would take the money, absolutely. In the NFL, you have to take the money. Just think of the things that could happen. Tear an ACL, uh, Achilles, you could get a, you know, a head injury, something like that. You could hurt your knee while cutting the grass. You know, a lot of things that happen. Especially happen. if you wear sandals. That would yeah. never I mean, happen. Like... You would never hyperextend your right knee while cutting the grass because <laughs> you stepped in a divot. Never, ever happen. That's stupid. Don't even bring that up. How are we doing like, today? It's almost like it you hurts. don't know your own lawn very well. <laughs> it hurt. I didn't know my lawn well. I shouldn't have wore sandals. I had socks on. Oh, my God. A fashion faux pas and lack oh, of yeah. functionality. I was, wow. I was in the front yard in mesh shorts with white socks on. And sandals. But did the, you finish the job, or did you did you quit and just leave? Oh, the are you the kidding? I played through the pain. I mowed through the pain. What do you think I am? I'm a tough guy. I feel like now that you're the supreme athlete, you should always be wearing athletic shoes. I don't know why I did this. Hit the ankles. That I was looked, dumb. That I was looked, really dumb. I looked bad, and now I'm hurt. My knee went backwards. This better not affect the fly ball challenge. Oh, it might. My knee is going backwards now. I've if I, I sit down for an extended period, get up and try and walk, my knee starts to go back instead of forwards at first. <laughs> it's not funny. It hurts. Did you tear your funny. ACL? I don't know what I did. I think I hyperextended my, my knee. So, yes, I did some damage. I did some. I'm not going to. And the wife, of course, the wife says, go to the doctor. I'm not going to the doctor. See, this is. Hey, doc, I was mowing the lawn like a moron in sandals and, and, and white socks. Make up a story. Knee. I'm not going to the doctor for this. It, it, it's going to be fine. So, See, you the, did it playing pickup hoops. I'm you know sure what? I'll buy it. Seven day deal, okay? Just like Buxton, AAA, seven-day deal. I'll be fine in seven. This is a glimpse into Stefan Diggs' future, okay? He better not mow his lawn. I want that big contract. <laughs> I am really good at mowing lawns. Well, it's, I mean, you, you and you're you're in a contract here right now, too, and you you better play hurt here, Judd. I am playing hurt. I showed up for work today. My head hurts, too, a little bit from all those spotted cows last night. Um, Max, if someone offered you five years, $81 million, and you're a football player, or you could wait a year and get five years, $100 million, what do you do? Uh, it's tough, but I mean, eighty-one million. I'll take that over five years. And the downside is, if you wait and mow your lawn and mow over yeah. your foot, like Judd. Well, if you mow over your foot, now yeah, you don't your get, career's done. Now you, you no get foot. like the veterans minimum, or you get a right. couple million dollars and a bunch of incentives. Yeah, I, I think you. Ta- I think you got to take the money. Yeah, this is a no-brainer. I, yeah. I, like- I, I agree. No, no, I am. Sa- I am saying it's the advice that he's going to get now. If it's me, I take it. But at 24, if someone comes to you and says, Stefan, one big year, and it's an entirely new market, and we can go up to 90 or something like that, I'm just throwing it out there that these guys don't always consistently think like we do. Because yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I just it's... I think that there's another side to this where where the price of this position right now is skyrocketing again. It's all monopoly money at some point. Running backs are getting very little, and wide receivers now are breaking the bank. Okay, one more hypothetical here. What can you do in your life with $80 million? What what can you do with $100 million in your life that you can't do with 80? Besides buy a seventh house or buy like a seventh Aston Martin? I would say absolutely nothing. I think it's status of of I got this contract, and and now for a day or two, or a week, or a month, I'm the top-paid guy at my position in this league. Yeah. I think Kirk, it's stat. It's got Kirk, nothing to do with what you can buy. So Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins got to say it for five minutes. Correct. I'm the highest-paid player but I think ever in my position. Deal. And then Matt Ryan's like, actually, I'm going to be the highest-paid yeah, player. 
Matt Stafford at one point was the highest paid quarterback, right? Absolutely. A couple yes. years ago? Yes. Uh, we're going to we're gonna play some Rob Manfred soundbite. Maybe we should do that when we come back here. We have time. Rob Manfred said some really interesting things. And actually, he went in on maybe the best player in baseball. <laughs> he went collar. So on my guy, we'll uh, we'll do that. Also, uh, Dan Hayes on Twins at eleven thirty, and a scoop session in about two hours as well. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Better hurry if we want to get a seat. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Think you know who will win the Open Championship? Prove it by signing up for 1500 ESPN's Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge. If you've already played, just log in and make those picks. Select your players from the featured groups. Watch the field unfold, correctly choosing your players could win you a golf trip for four to Craigans. Make your picks before 6.55 a.m. tomorrow morning. So get it done today. Uh, you have to do it before 6.55 tomorrow morning to be entered. Head to 1500ESPN.com to sign up. I just made my picks, and they are winners. Nice. I did it yesterday. I'm I gotta, ready. I, I gotta, I'm going to do it right now, actually. I'm leading. You have I the believe. segment. I'm going to make my picks. You are even par through what the May, uh, the Masters, yes. the Players, and the U.S. Open. Yes, we should have known his golf prowess. He's a hustler, man. You're Paul Newman. I'm not talking about it. No, just been laying in the weeds on your your golf my game. Golf your game golf game knowledge. Is great. My knowledge mm-hmm. is fantastic. I mean, I guess really, really well. I see names and and mark. I like that shirt that that guy is wearing. Sure, Ooh, nice hat that he's wearing. I'll I'll mark that one too. Your mm-hmm. very own Brandel Shambly. <laughs> Oh, please. <laughs> that's such a Actually, that's Corzo. Please don't. Yeah, exactly. They do look alike. Is Brandel Chambly the most precious name in sports? <laughs> Brandel Chambly. Without question. Among them, yes. If not the most, it's right oh up my there. God. I'm Brandon Chambly. No, Brandel. Brandel. Whatever. No, it's not whatever. Brandel. Yes, Brandel. There's a giant <laughs> difference between Brandon and Brandel. It's pretentious as all get out. It is. I mean, Brandon Chambly... It's Brandon Chambly's not Shambly. even pretentious. It's the it's the E L instead of the O N that makes it pretentious. The Chambly name is one that I find to be pretentious Shambly. myself. All all by itself. <laughs> all by its lonesome. Uh, where where this audio from Rob Manfred uh, was this part of a press conference no. or an interview that he did? PTI, right, Max? PTI, okay, yes. yeah, it's a PTI. Yep. So Rob Manfred, there's a couple sound bites here. The first one is is him talking about Mike Trout as the best player in the league, but. Maybe his lack of marketability and yes. why he's not more popular. How, how do we how do we find out more? Why why don't we see more about Mike Trout? You know I don't want to focus on Mike, um, but the marketing of our players, raising uh, their profile, growing their brand is a really high priority for us. And I think where Mike is relevant, our ability to do that in today's world is dependent on one thing. Player marketing is dependent on having a player. I think Mike Trout could raise his profile tomorrow if he decided that he wanted to engage a little more fully, give up some more of his free time. And that's his choice. I mean, that, that really is his choice. What player marketing takes in today's world, you've got to be willing to be out there on social media. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there. And you have to devote time to it. And we do think about it, and it is a priority for us. He's not wrong. Think about some of the NBA players. And actually, let's, let's, play, the let's next play the next clip. Yes. If uh, I could trade the 
presence of our players on social media for the presence of the NBA players, 100% I'd make that trade. They've done a great job. Hats off to Adam. Um, and and more, more than just Adam, the players. The players do it. All right. He's not wrong, but where I, I have a definite uh, gripe with his comments is this. The NBA has embraced things like Twitter and Instagram, and the NBA has made it very clear that while they, while they have certain rules standing for the anthem among them, that they also want their players to be out there with their thoughts. They never, the NBA has made it very clear to fans and players and everybody involved that they want their players to be able to express themselves fully. What I hear from Manfred is saying, I like that. Well, if you like that, then you have to embrace it, too. Mm -hmm. See, I think to blame, so to say, well, it's on Mike Trout. Well, it partially is on Mike Trout, but it's also on on your executives, and it's also on your league to come up with ideas and make it very clear to the players, we want you out front on things. We We want to know your thoughts, which include your thoughts about life, too. So if you like Trump or don't like Trump, sure. go right ahead. So he's going down a, a slippery slope, and I like the idea, uh, but just to say it's on a player is absolutely not true. What you have to do is go to your teams, your clubs, their, your, your executives. You have to go to your managers and say, we don't want your player stifled. Yeah. Let me ask you this, okay, on, on the social media front, because it's a good point by Manfred. It can't just be... It's all on the league to market players and to and to have some personality. Who is the NBA equivalent to Mike Trout personality wise? Uh, top five player. I I don't think it's LeBron. I think you, I think you have to take LeBron out of this conversation because LeBron is this global entity, yeah, this LeBron's fifteen year out, generational yeah. star. Yeah, he's. A I jo- think he's it's Jordan. either Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, and I would even lean towards Steph Curry. This just freak of a player. This generational player I'd who's say, kind of mild mannered. Um, I'd say more Steph because because Durant Durant's an odd dude. Yeah, I think Steph and Trout are very normal, seem like very decent and nice guys, and and they're not going to give you a lot, uh, but they're great at what they do. So I would say the Steph Curry Mike Trout comparison is very apt. Sure. Okay. So my second question is: I just did the math on their social media followings. I just took Instagram and Twitter. How many? Um, how many followers between Instagram and Twitter would you guess Steph Curry has? Oh, millions. Because this is where you connect with those younger audiences, Mil- right? Millions Just throw, of followers. throw a guess out. Um, three million. Higher. Uh, Ten million. Higher. Fifteen. Higher. Thirty. Higher. Thirty-four million okay. for Steph Curry. Which doesn't surprise me. So Steph Curry on Instagram and Twitter has 34 million followers. That, so that's like t- TV is a little bit skews older audience. Where even the average NBA TV viewer is like 42, I believe it was, which is like fairly young compared to baseball, which is 57. Okay, mm-hmm. so to really get that young generation, it's interact with them on platforms that, that they're posting content on, right? Okay, Mike Trout, Instagram plus Twitter. So Steph Curry's 34 million. How many would you guess Mike Trout has? A million. Three. He's got three okay. million. Okay. Yeah, and and Trout too. I, I'm just going through his Instagram account, and this is where like you want. The Instagram generation, you want those sports fans right. to be gravitated more toward baseball. He's only posted a handful of things since spring training. And the point he's not active on right, Instagram. But but the point is executives and coaches, managers love it that players don't do much. 
if they're quiet, if they're just play the, the game, that's their dream. So what Manfred has to do is he needs to empower and make it very clear that that the commissioner and his office want players out there, mm-hmm. which is going to rub the twins the wrong way because they're going to say, well, no, we don't want players saying a potentially inflammatory things. We don't want we don't want Dozier's thoughts on Trump out there. But if Manfred's going to open the door, you can't just conveniently say, hey, Brian Dozier, tweet about what ice cream you like. You've got to allow you've got to now allow him the freedom to tweet his thoughts. Yeah. So so this is a very slippery slope and, and it's an interesting one. But it also goes to baseball now going around to all their clubs and empowering players and saying, we want you out there. Yes. And I, you know, from like you said, from a team perspective. And by the way, Steph Curry and LeBron James shut down their social media for like three months during late season playoffs. It's not it's not like I'm not saying that you have to be active all the time. I guess what I'm saying is the gap between the Mike Trouts and the Steph Curry's on social media is really telling. And um and there is some responsibility. On, it's on, on all players. sides, I think. But from a team perspective, I get why a general manager or a manager yeah. or even Mike Trout would say, like, why like why would I want to be posting stuff when I could be watching film of pitchers or or going to the batting cage. And or if what you post you. stuff. Intern Max just gave me a trout uh, statistic that I think he needs to relay on air because it's it, it perfectly encapsulates everything you guys have just talked about in the last five minutes regarding trout. So the big lead did this story with Q scores. It's like a marketing department type deal. And yeah. Supposedly, so this guy, Schaefer, writes, trout scored a 22 in Q scores awareness category, which means a little more than one in five Americans even know who he is. The closest Americans, M- yes. Americans, right? Yep. The closest NBA player to Trout in terms of awareness among the general population, Kenneth Fareed. <laughs> oh, I saw that last <laughs> How night. How about that? I did see that tweet last night. Wow! But this is still that's. But this amazing. is on all sides too. Like I, I don't agree with with Collar who blames Trout. This is on all sides. This is a this is a fantastic star player. So. You need to empower Trout to do more, but you need to find more more ways as the league to get him out there as well. It's not just him. That's ridiculous. If it's that bad, if you go to Mike and you say, Mike, we want you out there more, we want to do more marketing with you, you need to then make it very clear that you're that you're going to, as baseball or the Angels, help out with that as well. Yeah. Kenneth Free, by the way, has almost he's got about half as many social media followers as Mike Trout does. <laughs> Kenneth Free. I know. But oh, that's, that's amazing. But, but this spe- Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper this speaks to baseball. And Bryce Harper is personality and marketable. And Bryce Harper only has 1.4 million social media followers. Young people, it's overblown. It ain't overblown. No, it's not. This is where young people hang out, and they are not connecting with these baseball players and vice versa. So, all right, we got some uh, prop bets and over unders here when we come back. And also a scoop session with Doogie later in the show. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. I'm- Don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. On 1500 ESPN.